0: This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data, and analysis over at businessofapps.com.
1: Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. On this episode, we have Victoria Chen, International Growth Lead at FlowKey. Victoria, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast.
0: Thanks for having me and thanks a lot for the nice introduction.
1: Well, when you pull up your iPhone and launch the App Store app, you see an auction of apps available for iPhone users in your country. But there are 147 local versions of the same App Store in other countries, in Android or OS have apps in 140 countries. This is the vast market for you to to tap on. So today we want to talk about why you should, how you can, and uh, what do you do to go on those markets and expand your user base. But before doing that, Victoria, please, tell us about yourself. How did you get involved into growth marketing?
0: Mm -hmm. Sure. And so I first started my career as a mobile marketer. And um, So I was working on different kind of channels like pay social, ASO, or different kind of performance marketing that you can think of. Um, then uh, since I was somehow always the first non-European members in my team, in my current company and also in my previous job, so I was heavily involved in their internationalization project. So I helped them to um, set up market entry strategy and also help them to develop international growth. Um, so you can imagine that when you're expanding to another market, it's not just doing user acquisition. You, at some point, also need to adjust your product a little bit, um, test your prices. And that's how I slowly step into growth marketing to help them to tackle some local issues. Yes, and I also help my current company to um, start their international growth team. Um, mm-hmm. For me, that's definitely a really interesting transition from the end user acquisition side more in the middle point to link regional performance together with product and marketing strategies.
1: Okay, great. Now let's give our listeners just a quick view of what is Flowkey, what it mm-hmm. does.
0: Mm-hmm. And so in really short sentence, uh, Flowkey is a piano learning app. And so it's for people who want to learn piano as mm-hmm. a total players and also for people who are returners like me, who learned piano a couple of years ago and now really want to do it again, right? right. So to use the app, um, you will need to have a real piano or keyboard. You can place the app on your piano and to follow the step-by-step tutorials. And after having some basic musical knowledge, you can also use the app to um, use a filter to select mm-hmm. the music off and also the songs you are able to play at your current level. Right. So as we produce piano arrangement in-house, we usually have popular songs like Swan Lake, Piano Man and so on in different difficulties. And uh, the concept behind it is that even as a beginner, you should be able to play the songs you love, you enjoy, even um, as a beginner in the early stage.
1: That's interesting. My mom used to try to teach me to play piano when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. It didn't work out. Uh, Now my nieces are placing me, I guess, in that capacity. Okay, so before explaining how how people can go to other markets, let's first make the case why. So why app brands should go to other markets? What is the benefit?
0: Mm-hmm. So without considering all the effort you have to make, let's say like going to another market directly means um, getting more users and having more revenue, right? So mm-hmm. from the perspective, why not? Of yeah. course, um, then after that, you have to really think about whether it's worth it, how much um, effort costs you have to, to take. So I would say um, if you are e-commerce app, if you are doing food delivery, if you involve a lot of offline local uh, operations, you definitely need to do really in-depth um, research evaluation, how you can set up all the local operations in that market. But if not, if your app mainly offers educational content, entertainment, or health, fitness, videos, I would say it definitely worth it, and you should really do that. Because if your app is translatable, it will definitely um, compare with any other apps in, in different industries. Um, it's actually the one required the minimum effort, and you can see really obvious results. Right? Since Apple, Google, they are universal. And your users will be able to download, pay for the apps directly from App Store, Play Store. Um, You basically skip all the um, troubles of logistic, let's say payment method or even local taxes, right? So I would say for apps, you already have existing setup and really good, really mainstream channels for users. um, That makes it really convenient for you to launch um, and also to grow abroad.
1: So you're saying if your app, your app business uh, does not involve any offline components, any logistics, something that will be require will be requiring you to do any extra steps to launch the app, not just the app itself, but the whole business around the app in that other country. If you're Mm -hmm. free of those constraints, you're free to go. Educational, music, social media, photography, uh, videos, uh, utilities, you name it.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think even if e-commerce and food delivery, for example, they are mm-hmm. already going, you can see um, they have really global landscape as well. Um, but um, for apps, as we mentioned, like they mainly offer content, you can localize everything in your, in your headquarter to set up strategy in your headquarter. It's actually relatively easy. And the internationalization will be something you shouldn't miss out, let's say.
1: Okay, so... Once we've established the reasons why people should think and really consider uh, going to other markets, uh, let's help people to decide what market they should go to. What should be the criteria?
0: So um, the most straightforward one will be considering which market can bring you the most profit, right? So Mm -hmm. the device will be market size and purchasing power. But in terms of purchasing power, I will usually suggest people to go a bit deeper, like uh, not only how much people are spending, what they are spending on. For example, um, let's take South Korea as an example that this market spend a lot on mobile apps, but more than 80% actually go to games instead of apps. So if you are a business, you have to also look at what type of category people are willing to pay for it or invest in it. Let's also take maybe apps like Headspace, calm meditational app as an example. I think this concept uh, mental health has been really popular and really successful in Europe, in the North American market for, for quite some time, but it's still relatively new in a lot of developing market or even in Asian developed markets. So people know that they should pay for education, for learning languages, learning instruments, but it's still quite a new concept that people should invest on their own mental health to do meditation, to keep yourself mentally healthy, right? So it doesn't mean that people shouldn't, um, the company shouldn't go to those market at all, but you have to be prepared that um, you have to educate and also persuade users more that, hey, this is something you should subscribe, you should invest yourself on. probably just in my theory,
1: probably. People in those countries are not stressed out that much as people in the U.S. or or Europe. It can be both. Yeah. Okay, so now we've built the case why to go to those markets. We know how to shoot the right ones. What should be the criteria? The next logical step would be how to localize an app for a particular market. What you should do.
0: And so it depends highly on what type of app you are developing, right? So in our case, we go through different pins or different departments, product, um, marketing, or even um, customer support that you can think of um, what this market will need or what need to be adapted. But to kind of build a process, I will also suggest separating the whole process into two phases. First, it's just to think of, um, how to make your product usable, or at least available for for the users in that market. So you can kind of picture from the point user download the app, till they successfully make a payment. Is there any mm-hmm. obstacle in in this journey? Can people really sign up an account with um, the login method you are offering, and are they able to pay with the login um, the payment method um, you are giving? And then, if it's all all fine, it's all good, you can actually launch the app as a first step. But then, the phase two will be, I would say, a continuous improvement process that you should make it authentic, you should make it a localized experience. So, um, for example, you should think of in our case, what kind of music the users want to play, what kind of music will be appealing to them, and how do you present this music to them? Like, does all the users see the same? music option or the same interface when they open the app, or should we give them different suggestions? And also definitely, even if they are able to pay for this app, they have the right payment method. Would this be too expensive for their pricing level? Would it be affordable? So this will be a continuous improving process to make great and to make the performance even better and better.
1: Right, so to make it right to be successful in a particular market, you should consider a broader picture Partially, the culture economics. Try to imagine, not not imagine, and do a research and see how your app will be will become a part of you know people's daily lives in a particular mm-hmm. country. Do not assume that it's just going to be the same as for you sitting somewhere in you know in suburb LA or San Francisco. Countries are different in terms of cultural contexts, different mm-hmm. lifestyle things like. Remember that people in Israel have a day off on Friday and they work on a Sunday. <laughs> Remember those differences in countries. So all these pieces should be, you know, should fit into your strategy of going to the market of that particular country. I think even the broader topic would be, in many cases, it's not about one app. It's about a whole portfolio, bunch of apps. And so it's definitely a bigger job to localize uh, this great number of apps than just the one. Mm-hmm. Any suggestions how to pull off this feed efficiently? Because it should be done you know, in a reasonable amount of time and uh, equally good for any for all those apps in your portfolio.
0: Right. So I would say just from my experience talking to other marketers, I find it's um, not necessarily more difficult to localize a bunch of apps altogether because it depends on the category or what kind of apps you are localizing, right? If you Mm -hmm. are doing, developing tools like, let's say, notes, scanners that offer certain function or feature, it's actually relatively easy because you probably only need to export all the text or the strings from your app Get them translated and put them back, then it's, it's done. It's available for the users. But if you are kind of managing or develop, developing one app only, but continuously updating your content, like what we are doing to offer different music selection or different videos and so on, it's actually more much more work than localizing a bunch of apps because you are really focusing on how people um, perceive this product, how the local users um, react to it, um, so it depends on how deep you are localizing this and how deep the service is to that market. So it's not necessarily like um, the, quantity, the, um, the quantity matters in that case.
1: Gotcha, Victoria.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Reaching out to my experience of working as an app agency, which was back in early 2010s, I recall vividly every time we were working with an app that was supposed to be going on a specific local market, there was a very crucial thing to take care of. You gotta find a regional manager to orchestrate, to be a composer for the whole campaign of reaching of uh, releasing an app on that market, because it involves much more than just translating an app. You know, reaching out mm-hmm. local PR department, uh, PR uh, campaigns, uh, working with uh, local newspapers, etc. So, is it still true today?
0: Yes, I I still agree with that. So no matter you are working with, let's say, a local agency in the beginning, or you have in-house, either a native speaker or the whole team um, Mm -hmm. involved in the project, you would definitely need someone who knows the native language and also who are really familiar with the culture. Yeah. And something I would also suggest is to not only have in-house marketer, regional marketer, but also to talk to the users. So... Having one person is great that, to give you local insight, but after a while, after you launch the app, it's really useful to really do some local survey, no matter it's an in depth interview or do some quantitative research. Because, yeah, the local users, and you will always be, be surprised how people are de- behave differently in other markets and how much insight they can give you from this conversation.
1: The golden rule of marketing know your users. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, to sum it all up, let's give our listeners some takeaways. What do they need to keep in mind as they build their localization strategy?
0: I would always suggest to, to start with a plan, to start with really solid research which market to enter, um, to evaluate what, how much effort you will need for this market. Um, in terms of the product changes and infrastructure, to how much you need to adjust your marketing strategy. Then, as we just mentioned, to extend from the last question, to have a native speaker and also um, getting local insight early on, talk to your users after you launch the product. And as we say, you will definitely learn a lot from the communication. And um, that's some ideas you never thought of, which you can also p- apply to the product and marketing strategies. I can keep quickly give an example that, for example, we are so involved in giving a localized experience. And since we launched to the mainland China mainland Chinese market for, for over one year now, we did a survey and we talked to a lot of users um, separated into different groups who did subscribe to the app, who didn't subscribe to the app yet. And to the second group, we asked their experience about localization and the user actually said, Right. They feel they didn't even feel it's an international or a foreign app. They thought it's a local app. But from the conversation, she also said, hey, actually, I will be more willing to pay for the app if I know it's from Germany, because it's kind of giving them a nice country of, <laughs> original country and also more relate to the origin of music because Austria, Germany, just are famous for like nice composers, musicians. So yeah, you always learn something new from this process. Like, hey, when you are so focused on giving them a local experience, don't forget to to remind them them something in your marketing strategy.
1: (laughs) All right, great. Now we were at the point of the show where I'm asking my guest a bunch of quick questions. Mm -hmm. They're not related to the topic, but to paint a broader picture of a person who I'm talking to, Mm -hmm. my guest. So are you iOS or Android person? What brand of smartphone you're, you're using?
0: So I'm using iOS, so iPhone 8 at the moment. Should I give any reason? <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no. That's we, we all have our own reasons, and uh, I'm not t- touching those. It's oh. it's all subjective. I'm in iOS <laughs> camp as well, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm only wonder which on which side because um, at this point it's like uh, it doesn't make any sense to ask people about Are you still on a BlackBerry? Do you uh-huh. remember what is Microsoft? <laughs> <laughs> a mobile phone and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just the whole world is divided between iOS and Android, Coca-Cola and Mm Pepsi-Cola. Okay. Do you remember your first mobile phone pre-smartphone era those days?
0: If I remember it right, it should be Nokia.
1: Okay. Back to to this day, to 2021. What is your favorite Mm -hmm. app right now?
0: Right. So in the past six months, I find my most used app is this new the Finnish um, food delivery comp- um, delivery app right so it just made my lockdown life much more enjoyable
1: <laughs> great yeah I see okay when you're looking at your iPhone 8 and you wonder wouldn't it be great that this thing have a this specific feature it could be software hardware or both to make it you know more efficient more I mean, like bring more help to your life not not just, you know, just uh, following the overall trend, uh, you know, um, being played by gimmicks of a company, but something that will be helpful for you in daily life.
0: Mm-hmm. So in terms of like the new, let's say, application of technology, I think the, um, it's not something super new, but augmented reality, the use of it in different apps, I'm pretty interested in it. I think the first case was used on... Um, not, maybe not the first, but most famous case was used on Pokemon Go back then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see people, um, apps using that on um, like Ikea or some interior design app, they are using it. Um, I tried out um, also in the past year when I was also trying to you know renovate a little bit or to redesign my apartment a little bit. I find it just a really cool idea.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I'm on with you uh, with this thing because uh, I've been using Measure app which is default iOS app. It's great. It's cool. But my question is, okay, what next? I meant the reality should be limited just by IKEA catalog, which is terrific. But mm-hmm. what about something else? Measuring your apartment is great, even though the it's not just quite accurate. There's always an error, but I'm okay with that. It's just a smartphone. But okay, what about anything extra, anything more You know, on top of these two features? All right. That was my last question. But before I let you go, uh, how can people get in touch with you and know more information about what you do?
0: Um, I think the easiest way will be finding me on LinkedIn. So by searching for my name, Victoria Chan, or searching for Flowkey, you can um, reach me out directly.
1: Terrific. Thank you for your time and coming on our podcast, Victoria. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that was Victoria Chen, international growth lead at Flowkey. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. We release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe, and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It's highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.